The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus said to his disciples, Do not be afraid any longer, little flock, for your Father is pleased to give you a kingdom. Sell your belongings and give alms. Provide money bags for yourselves that do not wear out, an inexhaustible treasure in heaven that no thief can reach nor moth destroy. For where your treasure is, there also will your heart be. Gird your loins and light your lamps, and be like servants who await their master's return from a wedding, ready to open immediately when he comes and knocks. Blessed are those servants whom the master finds vigilant on his arrival. Amen, I say to you, he will gird himself. Have them recline at table and proceed to wait on them. And should he come in the second or third watch and find them prepared in this way, blessed are those servants. Be sure of this. If the master of the house had known the hour when the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You also must be prepared, for at an hour you do not expect, the Son of Man will come. Then Peter said, Lord, is this parable meant for us or for everyone? And the Lord replied, Who then is the faithful and prudent steward whom the master will put in charge of his servants? to distribute their food allowance at the proper time. Blessed is that servant whom his master on arrival finds doing so. Truly I say to you, the master will put the servant in charge of all his property. But if that servant says to himself, my master is delayed in coming, and begins to beat the men servants and the maid servants, to eat and drink and get drunk. Then that servant's master will come on an unexpected day and at an unknown hour and will punish that servant severely and assign him a place with the unfaithful. That servant who knew his master's will but did not make preparations nor act in accord with his will shall be beaten severely. And the servant who was ignorant of his master's will, but acted in a way deserving of a severe beating, shall be beaten only lightly. Much will be required of the person entrusted with much, and still more will be demanded of the person entrusted with more. The Gospel of the Lord. All right, be honest with me. How many of you thought we're doing okay until we got to that part about the beatings? <laughs> it is important to recognize that there are off-putting passages in the scriptures, including 
in the Gospels, and at times, more times than we realize, from the lips of Jesus himself. And it is good to be reminded of that because the human heart likes religion that's safe. We like religion that is consoling, we like religion that is uplifting, and we like religion very much when it doesn't ask too much of us. Except that's not real religion. And passages like the one we have today remind us of that. The Lord takes himself seriously. And he doesn't speak merely for our entertainment or to satisfy our curiosity. Rather, the Lord, in taking himself seriously, also takes us and our salvation very, very seriously. And every word that he directs to us is at the service of that, that salvation is a serious matter and that what he has given us is a great thing. And even though our hearts are willing to settle for less, he's not. And so we have today before us in our readings a remarkable series of statements from sacred scripture about the intrinsically forward-looking character of faith. And this is something, that, again, that easily we can overlook. We often reduce things like faith to matters of merely belief in certain statements, certain propositions. And there's an element of that. But there are other, two other intrinsically powerful aspects of faith. One will be what happens when we all stand in a few minutes and profess the creed. And we're going to say, I believe in God. Not simply that I believe God or that I believe things about God, but I believe in God. And that simple two-letter preposition is absolutely important. Because to believe in someone is different than just believing something about a person, isn't it? And note what happens in our own lives, our own hearts, when someone says, I believe in you. Note how strong a statement that is. And the essence of faith, then, is not believing about God, but believing in. I don't simply believe the promise you gave me. I believe in you who promised me something. And to believe in God is to trust God. To believe in God is to have a certain confidence in the goodness of God, even though I don't see the result right now. And that's what launches us into that forward-looking character of faith that our second reading today highlights in an absolutely marvelous way. That Abraham, for example, whom we call our father in faith, 
looks forward to a promise that is given to him, but he never completely possesses himself. And because he believes in the one who made the promise, he journeys. And because he believes in the one who has called him, he moves. And even in his old age, because he believes in the one who has said, through your descendants, I will raise up a people. He who had no descendants. He who was beyond the age of fathering a child. Believed. And in that belief, moved forward. And had a son. How absolutely remarkable this is. But note what the scriptures are stressing. Faith has a forward-looking character about it. And all too often our lives do not have a forward-looking character for honest. Because we get caught up in so many things that are near at hand and we don't know how to look past them. We get overwhelmed by the anxiety of the moment, by the need of the moment, by the feeling of the moment. And day after day, if we're not careful, it's not that our lives are bad, but we drift. We drift along the tides of what is going on in the world around us. We drift along on the tides of all of those things that claim our attention. And what happens is, as many plans as we've had for ourselves, isn't it amazing how easily we get knocked off course? How easily we drift away from them, not because we've ever set them down consciously, but because we don't look forward. Christian life is forward. Looking. The life of the people of God is forward-looking because we're all going somewhere. On some levels, that's one of the beautiful symbolisms of what it is to come to a shrine or to simply get up and leave our houses to come out to Mass on a Sunday. Note physically what that says. I'm going somewhere. And we all do this together Sunday after Sunday after Sunday because we are a people. The body of Christ is going somewhere. And that is a journey that we make physically, but it's also a journey that even if you do not get up and move, you are making. Think about that for a moment. It's even sitting still and not moving. Time is passing, and your life is moving forward, whether you move or not. Isn't that remarkable? Everybody is going somewhere. There's not a single person alive who isn't going somewhere. And one of the great elements of faith is to have a sense of where we're going. Because we're not made merely for this world. 
We are not made for an end that comes to nothing in this world. We have been saved, we have been called, we have been claimed for eternal life. And we're moving in that direction. And so the forward character of faith is what allows us to look at this world and to value it, but to value it rightly. Because everything in this world is at the service of moving us forward to that greater world, that heavenly world, which the Father has marked out for all of us. And when we say, I believe in God, we're saying something deep. We're saying, I believe in that one who has marked out the pathway of my life. I believe in that one who has prepared a place for me. And I believe in the rightness of moving toward it. I know where I'm going. The simple fact of the matter is, all too many alive today don't know where they're going. That should not be the case with us. The Christian is one who knows where he is going. And it's in the light of this, then, that Jesus now speaks to his disciples in our gospel today. And know what he says. Stop being afraid. Because all too often we fall into the trap that when I look forward, the first thing I see is everything that can go wrong. The first thing I see is everything that can be an obstacle. The first thing I see is the reason not to hope in the first place. And Jesus says, don't begin that way. Remember this, the Father is pleased to bestow the kingdom on you. And when the Lord speaks that way, he's also saying, this is the antidote to those anxieties, those fears that oppress us and weigh us down and pull us off course. Remember where you're going and what it is we are moving toward. And remember who has made the promise. And when you remember that, you will have less fear of this world around you. You will have less fear of those smaller things that pull your time, your, your attention, your energy away from you. Remember that. Then the Lord says, and in remembering that and moving toward the kingdom that the Father is preparing for you, Then he says, now make sure you prepare a treasure for yourself of the right kind. How interesting. And note how practical the Lord is. He understands us very well. When we are working towards something, when we are moving towards something, we like to be prepared, don't we? We like to have everything we need. If we're taking a trip, we like to pack our bags, and often what do we do? We pack way too much. And here the Lord says, now moving toward the kingdom, 
you want to make sure that you are stirring, storing up for yourself the right kind of treasure. Not a treasure that's going to fade away. Not a treasure that will easily be taken from you, but something different. And just pause for a second on this. And consider something very basic that we all know really well. Think about that time where you were having a really good day, where everything was going well. You were happy, there were no arguments at home, work was going well, school was going well. In my case, my Pittsburgh Pirates finally won a ball game. Um, but, you know, everything is going well. And then think about what how easily something absolutely stupid can happen out of nowhere. And it ruins the joy that you just had. We know this, don't we? Isn't it amazing how fragile even our deep happiness can be? We think I'm having the best day that I've had in a year. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, it becomes a bad day. It happens easily. It happens quickly. Look at how fragile we are. Look at how easy it is for us to lose the very best of things. Because we are that weak. And we are that fragile. And when we try to hold on to things on our own, we have trouble preserving goodness. That's the truth. And the Lord knows that. That's why he's telling us this. And so he's saying, learn how to settle your hearts rightly. Learn how to fix your hearts on the right thing so that your heart is not so easily knocked off center, so that your joy is not so easily emptied out of you, so that the passing of time and your own indifference doesn't rob you of the blessings you've been given. Note how important that is. This is not shallow, bland advice the Lord is giving. He's speaking about the importance of having real goodness and a real stable ability to hold on to it in our lives. This is what he calls us to. Remember the kingdom and begin ordering your heart in accord with where you're going so that all of those things that lead someplace else don't rob you the way they've been. What a remarkably beautiful statement that is. And as he continues to speak about holding on and having a treasure that doesn't pass away easily, note he's speaking then about a wealth of character a wealth of the heart, not merely a material wealth. He's talking about the wealth of humility, the wealth of generosity, the wealth of kindness, the wealth of, wise, of wisdom, because these things are permanent. They don't pass. And when they're stable and they're rooted within us, when the gospel begins to shape our lives, 
the heart, the heart becomes a treasure house of all that is good and a treasury that is not easily broken into, a treasury that is not easily robbed. How marvelous that is. And why and what is the key to all of this? Note what the Lord says, because where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. In other words, where your treasure is, that's where you're living. Where your treasure is, that's where your life is. And that's a sobering statement that the Lord says. Because we like to say, my treasury is goodness, my treasury is kindness, that's where my heart is. But let's be honest. Think about where our mind goes on a regular basis. Think about what preoccupies our time on a regular basis, because that's where our hearts really are. That's where our lives really are. And for all too many of us, unfortunately, my treasure is my anxiety. For all too many of us, my treasure is my guilt. For all too many of us, my treasury is the memory of all those things somebody did wrong to me. For all too many of us, my treasury is my career. My treasury is the way I waste my time. For all too many of us, our lives are locked up in these things, and that's where our hearts are. And then we wonder why we're so easily robbed of our joy. And note what the Lord says. Remember the kingdom. Remember where you're going. Put your heart there. Live there. Live forward. Live there. If your treasury is there and you live there, you live toward the kingdom, you're not going to be robbed. You'll live rightly. And your heart will grow strong and your heart will grow wealthy with real wealth. What an absolutely wonderful lesson this is. And then St. Peter comes to him with that classic question, Lord, uh, are you talking to us? And the human heart loves to say things like that. Is this for me or can I ignore this one? And Jesus, of course, as he always does, never answers directly. Peter asks him a question, he's waiting for a yes or a no, and Jesus tells him another story. But the point of that story is this, everybody has been given something, and the giver expects the gift to be put to use. And to the one who has been given much, there's an expectation that comes with that much, that that much be put to use, that that much be put into service, not just for oneself, but for others. To the one who is trusted with much, much will be expected. And I have to take advantage of this moment right here. Because you're holding the much in your hands right now. And note, 
Note what Jesus is saying to the one who is trusted with much. There's a lot expected from a father, a lot expected from a mother because you are trusted with someone great. And he might be small, but I'm betting he's a handful. (laughs) To the one who has been given much. It's a beautiful image because every single one of us also, like that father holding his son, we hold the life that God has given us in our hands. And the Lord says to you, I've trusted you with yourself. I've given you your life. And that's a lot. And I expect you to do something. I expect you to act in accordance with that trust. Not out of mere obligation, but because I believe in you. And the beautiful thing about this gospel reading is that Jesus is saying, I take you more seriously than you take yourself. And you have much, and so I expect much. And he means that so thoroughly that in just a few minutes, he's going to be here himself to prove it. Because he's going to come down off that altar in my hands. And he's going to wait here at the front of the church for you to come forward. And you're going to stretch out your hands. And he's going to place in your hands not a blessing, not a gift. He's going to put himself in your hands to the one who has been given much. And look at the much that we're given. Much will be expected. Live forward, my friends. That's what the Lord is calling us to. See how great the gift is. Don't lose your sense of direction. Know where you're going. Put your heart there and live toward it. Follow your heart, but make sure your heart is in the right place. To the one who has been given much, much will be expected. But when we try to meet that expectation, we're also certain we'll get even more because the Lord has promised us the kingdom. Amen.